0: Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Now before we pray, guys, I'd like to share something with you that I recently heard. And it's a story of a German pastor uh, that was a witness to the Holocaust back in the day, uh, back uh, when it was a very traumatic time. And, and I want to share part of his story with you, and, and not to, to bring fear or instill any of that, no, but to instill awareness, okay? Awareness, if anything. And, and this is his words, okay? He says, we heard stories of what was happening to the Jews. But we, the church, tried to distance ourselves from it. We thought, what could we do? What could anyone do to stop it? Well, a railroad track ran behind our small church, and every Sunday morning we heard, we could hear the train whistle in the distance. We could hear the wheels coming over the tracks. We became disturbed when we could hear the cries coming from the train as it passed by. We realized that it was carrying Jews like cattle in the cars. Week after week, the whistle would blow. We dreaded to hear the sound of those wheels because we could hear the cries of the Jews en route to the death camps. Their screams tormented us. We knew the time the train was coming, and when we heard the whistle blow, we began to sing hymns. By the time the train came by the church, we would sing at the top of our voices. If we heard the screams, we sang more loudly, and soon we heard them no more. Well, years have passed, and, and no one talks about it anymore. But I still hear the train whistle in my sleep. The pastor goes on to say, God, forgive me. God, forgive all of us that call ourselves Christians, and yet did nothing to intervene. Wow, wow. Well, saints, we cannot, as a church, as the people of God, ignore or remain silent about the moral issues of our day. To do so is not only cowardly, it is complicit in the evil. Do not sing more loudly. Stand up for what is right. Declare the truth. Live your lives in such a way that God is glorified. Trust Him and look to Him only as the supreme judge who sits on the throne. May, be, may God be exalted and His enemies be defeated in our nation for His glory. Amen? Amen. Join me as we pray for our nation. Heavenly Father, we do come together in agreement as the body of Christ. Father, we don't pray for one party or the other. We pray for your intervention. Father, we see the evil. We see the schemes of the enemy. And I pray, Father, you would awaken America. That you would awaken the church. That, Father, we would take a stand for the word of God. Not for the government, but for the word of God. Because, Father, we know we know that the word of God is going to be attacked here very soon. And I pray, Father, I pray that we're ready for that attack. So, Father, we come to agreement. We pray for our nation, Lord, and we just pray that people would open their eyes and receive you. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our nation. Thank you for what you're doing in the body of Christ. Father, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, saints, before we get into our main study, please turn with me to the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs, okay? And and I'll try to keep up the clicker. It's kind of new for me. But in Proverbs 14, 33 through 35, it says this. Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding. But what is in the heart of fools is made known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The king's favor is toward a wise servant, but his wrath is against him who causes shame. Amen? Well, tonight, saints, we'll begin a reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 39, okay? And the message or the title of today's message is, Living in the presence of God, living in the presence of God. In our study tonight, we'll be discussing several principles that are important to us as believers, especially in the days that we're living in. These principles should, should be evident for all to see and should exemplify what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. What I like to do in this study is refer to these principles as callings. What is calling? There are five callings that we will be discussing. Number one, the calling is a life of righteousness. Number two, a, a life faithful to the body of Christ or faithful to the church. Number three, a life as a faithful ambassador of Jesus Christ. Number four, a life faithful through persecution. And number five, a life faithful, that is faithfully reflects the hope and the joy that we have. As a believer in Jesus Christ, do you have hope? Do you have joy? I pray that we do, because let me tell you guys, the harvest is being prepared. Amen. Well, amen. Uh, Before we begin in Hebrews, let's take a look at a couple of scriptures to remind us of what uh, what we as believers should expect in these days, okay? Uh, don't be surprised at what's going on. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Okay? And, and talks about perilous times. Here we see that Paul is, is teaching Timothy, a young man, about the end times. And he says this, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Are we seeing that more and more today? Amen. Yes. Yes. Let's turn to Romans 1, 18 through 22. We'll see another example. Romans 1, 18 through 21. 18 through 21. And here it speaks of God's wrath on the unrighteousness. Again, Paul is speaking, he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Who what? Who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what, what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they what they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were what were darkened. You know, saints, I wanted to share these verses with you to show you what, it, what this world has come to, and it continues to, to grow even more every day. The minds of people have become dark and confused. Amen. With that, I'd like to ask a couple questions. For those of you that are watching, and for all of us here as well, a couple of questions. For my friends watching through the social media is there fear and confusion in the world? Is there chaos and violence in the world? Is there a sense of hopelessness in the world? Absolutely. But the real question i like to ask is this. Are you one of those that are living in constant fear? Are you full of anxiety, uncertainty, maybe, maybe even hopelessness? Well, allow me to share with you some good news, some great news. There is only one that can remove all this from you. And his name is Jesus. The fact is, my friends, is that without God's intervention, these problems and fears are only going to get worse. They're only going to get worse. There's only one way out of this. And that is Jesus Christ. Friends, the truth of the matter is is that nothing is going to change. Nothing. Nothing without god without god the government's not going to bail us out <laughs> we don't exalt a man we exalt god amen now now before we get into our main study please turn with me to hebrews chapter 10 verses 11 through 18 uh, just to get the full context of our main study tonight amen Hebrews 10, 11 through 18, speaking of the superiority of Christ. And it says this, verse 11, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sin. Here we see the author of Hebrews speaking to the Jewish believers. And if you've never read the book of Hebrews, I encourage you to read it. Uh, You know, I personally think that Paul wrote it, but that's another issue. Um, the The way this author really pours into these Jews is amazing, these Jewish believers. Verse 12, But this man, Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For one, by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and their minds. I will write them. Then he adds their sins and lawless deeds... I, what, will remember no more. Let me tell you guys, religion can't do that. Only a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can do that. Verse 18, now where there's remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Praise the Lord. Now with that, let's continue into our main text. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 22. And here we see the first calling, a life of righteousness, okay? Verse 19 says, therefore, therefore what? Therefore, all this that we read in these previous verses, okay? It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us, Through the veil, that is, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. With pure water. Here, saints, in this portion of Scripture, we see an invitation. An invitation to a new life provided by the sacrifice that Jesus paid once and for all on the cross. And these Jewish believers were learning that the old and repetitive system of sacrifices was eliminated to make room for a new one. This way is new because the covenant is new. Something that the Jewish believers had trouble understanding because this new way was not a way provided by the Levitical system or through any other religious system. Amen. These Jews had to learn that this way is, not, is the only way to eternal life. And it was open and it was offered only by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. For those of you watching through the internet, this same gift of eternal life that was offered to these Jews back then is still offered to you this day. In fact, Jesus says in John 14, 6, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through who? Except through me, He says. And again, 2 Corinthians five twenty one here it speaks of God making us righteous. And it says this, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he made him knew no sin to be sin for us. God, I want you to ponder on that. Christ became sin. Why? So he could destroy it. And the only way that would be destroyed, he had to die. Okay, he had to die. And it says, For he had made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The moment we receive Jesus Christ, we become righteous. It's not what we did, it's not. No, when we believe and receive Jesus Christ, at that very moment, we become righteous. You know, there's certain people that come around, Oh, I'm trying to be righteous, Pastor. I'm trying. No, you're trying to be holy. That's what you're trying to be. Because brother, we're already righteous in God's eyes. Okay? You know, saints, not only have we been given the free gift of salvation, we have also been given free access to the heavenly father. No longer do we have to go around or go to anyone to intercede for us. We as believers can go directly into the presence of God at any time. At any time, no longer do we have to go behind the curtain and speak to the wizard over there, confess our sins, right? No, we go directly to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ did it all. Jesus did it all. Well, now, with that, I have several questions to ask. To the believers first. Believers, brothers and sisters, here and watching... Are you living a life of righteousness? Are you living a life of righteousness? Do others see a difference in your life since you have received Jesus Christ? I'm talking with a brother several months ago and, you know, he was sharing with me that some people go to to work there and they find out he's a Christian about six months later. Man, I didn't know you were a Christian. Six months there, and you they If you're at your workplace, okay, for longer than a week, and they don't know you're a Christian, this is not a secret Christian society here, okay. Praise the Lord. They should see, they should see God radiating from you, and if you're hiding, if you're We'll get into that in the next study, okay? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now to those that have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Question, and I want you to ponder on this. Do you want to spend eternity in heaven after you leave this life? Because all of us are going to leave sooner or later. Do you want to spend eternity in heaven? Well, the invitation that you've been waiting for, my friends, is here. It's here. But the real question is this. Will you receive it? Will you receive it? It says in the book of Proverbs 21, 21, and I'll read from the New Living Translation. It says this. Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love will find life, righteousness, and honor. Okay? Whoever pursues righteousness and unfailing love would find life, righteousness, and honor. Number one, a life of righteousness. Now, let's continue with verses 23 through 25, the second calling. In Hebrews 10, 23 through 35, we see... A life faithful to the body of Christ. Faithful to the church. Okay? In Hebrews ten twenty three it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one, one another to stir up what? To stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. So much more as you see, see what? See the day approach. What day? What day is he talking about here? Capital D here. As you see the return of our king coming. Amen. Amen. As you see the day approaching. Here, brothers and sisters, we see another important uh, principle. The author speaks of, of being faithful in fellowship with others in the church, not forsaking the assembly. Saints, one of the enemy's traps and deceptions is to isolate us from the rest of our brothers and sisters. The devil knows when a person stops coming to church, the devil now begins to play with their minds and deception will soon follow. It's important that we stay true to this principle. We are the body of Christ. We need each other. We need each other to pray. We need each other encouragement. We need each other to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. The word says that in the last days, many people will leave the faith and follow different doctrines. And saints, these doctrines are not of God. Now with that, please come with me to the book of 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy, and and we'll read what Paul again says here. And again, he's speaking to this young man, Timothy. Timothy. First Timothy chapter four, verse one. And he says, now the spirit, the Holy Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to what? To deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Saints, I can almost bet that everyone in this room knows someone that has left the faith. And I can almost guess that it started when they stopped coming to church. When they stopped having regular fellowship with one another. Now let's take another look at another example. Please come with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Again, here's Paul teaching this young man, Timothy, about what? About the last days. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, and he says this, But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others with and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by what? By trusting in Christ Jesus. Early on, I pointed to the youth. A question. Do you have a Timothy in your life that you yourself not the pastors, not the teachers, that you yourself are pouring into? And do you have a Paul? One that, that you go to, to seek counsel, you go for mentoring, you go for discipleship. Pastor Jim, amazing man of God, but he cannot disciple everybody. Okay, for those of you that are mature in the Lord, you need to disciple someone. Praise the Lord. Here, here at Calvary, we have an amazing discipleship process. Men and women. Okay? Uh, uh, I oversee the mentoring of the men. My wife sees the, oversees the mentoring of the women. If you have not been discipled, please come and see me. Okay? There's a difference between a follower of Jesus Christ and a disciple of Jesus Christ. Okay? Well, we just read, many will leave the faith. Why? One of the reasons is because no one poured into them. No one poured into them. Amen? Now, saints, with everything going on in this world, now is not the time to get distracted. I see so many people crying over the election. I'm like, God's got it. God knows already. He already has chosen who's going to win. But I got some questions here that that I pray that we're ready for what's coming. Okay, now is not the time to, to, to be distracted. Now is the time more than ever to remain faithful to the things of God. Now is the time to be faithful to the body of Christ. Amen? Okay, I have another question. Question. Saints, what will it take you take for you to stop coming to church and fellowshipping with other brothers and sisters? What will it take? Well, I'll never stop doing that. Well, I'm sad to say for some, all it took was a virus. Well, I see the seriousness of it. I really do. But all it took was a trick of the enemy of the spirit of fear Of this virus to what? To cripple their faith. And now they're cuddled at home, engulfed by fear. I talk to people every day. And I'm not putting them down. I'm not. I know this is a serious issue. What more serious is that this is a spirit of fear that has engulfed the world. Are we not believers in Jesus Christ? Do we believe what he says? That I got you, son, I got you. Whether I get the virus or I don't, do I trust my God? Absolutely. Never know. The virus might be my ticket home. Praise God. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Guys, fear neutralizes faith. And let me tell you something. Action speaks a lot louder than words. Oh, I got faith, pastor. I can see that. I can see that. You're... Saturated in fear. Again, I'm not, I'm not, that's not a put down. Okay. We as mature believers should go and encourage. But you who are saturated by fear need to saturate yourself in the word of God. Amen? Amen. 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 Number two, a life faithful to the body of Christ. Now, let's continue with our third calling. And guys, this calling uh, um, also comes with a firm warning. I love that. Uh, I think it's Paul, but uh, you know, it comes with a firm warning. Paul really had in his letters a firm warning sometimes, right? Man, he didn't sugarcoat nothing. It's like Pastor Jim. He doesn't sugarcoat nothing. Praise the Lord. Come to me, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 through 31. And this is a life as a faithful ambassador of Jesus Christ. A life as a faithful ambassador of Jesus Christ. But let's hear about this warning here in verse 26. It says here, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and a fiery indignation which will devour The adversaries, anyone who has rejected Moses' law, dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said... Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge His people. Verse 31, guys, if it doesn't send shivers down your spine, I'll read it for you, okay? It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. You know, saints, I can remember when I first came to Christ many, many, many years ago, okay? Okay. I was on fire for God. So excited about the things of God. Praise the Lord. Well, after my spiritual high came, came down, I, I became complacent, lazy in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Pretty soon I, I, would, I would come to church once in a while. Saints, I had one foot in the world. And I had one foot in the church. How many of you can relate? Then one day the Lord revealed these verses, these very verses to me. And wow, did he ever get my attention. Well, let's read them again. This time I'll read them from the New Living Translation, okay? Hebrews 10, 26 through 27. It says this, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only a terrible expectation of God's judgment and raging fire that will consume his enemies. Wow. Wow. Needless to say, God got my attention. I was playing with God. I was playing church. And when I read that scripture and other scriptures, like he, he says in the book, you know, the book of Revelation to the to Laodicean church, I will vomit you out of my mouth, he said. You make me sick. I needed that wake-up call. I really did. You know, saints, God desires for us to be faithful and obedient. He will take nothing less. He deserves nothing less. Now please turn with me to Second Timothy. Okay? Second Timothy. And forgive me for not putting a chapter there, but this is what Paul says to Timothy. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. You know, I, I often say this to the men that I mentor. I have very few friends, not that, that I'm, I'm an introvert. People say, you're not an introvert. Yeah, yes, I am. But I choose my friends very wisely. Not that I don't have other associates or people that I talk to that are unsaved. I do. But when I go with my friends, I want to glorify God. I want to hear them glorifying God. I want to be edified, and myself, I want to edify as well, as we see here. Now with that, let's go to Romans, okay? We'll see another example. Is, again, Paul's writing, he says, Romans 12, 9 through 13, he says, Let love be without what? Hi- hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in what? Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually, steadfastly in prayer, distributing the needs of Of the saints, to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. This is what a true ambassador of Jesus Christ looks like. That is calling number three, a life as a faithful ambassador of Jesus Christ. Well, praise the Lord. We've come now we've come to a principle that many of us (laughs) we don't like to talk about. Hebrews ten, thirty-two through thirty-six. And this one is a life faithful through what persecution, through persecution. Oh yeah, we want the good things. We need to hear the good things, but when we get to persecution, we kind of skip through that, don't we? Ooh. Okay. Verse verse thirty two says here in Hebrews ten, he says, "But recall the former days in which after you were what illuminated." Whew, I love that. You endured a great struggle with sufferings. Partly why you we made a spectacle both by reproaches and tribulations, and, and partly why you became companion of those who were so treated. Uh, guys, let me pause it for a second. I pray we understand in, in the next coming days, months, years, if we tar- God tarries, we as Christians are be going to become a spectacle. Not in a good way. Like Pastor Jim, almost every Sunday, right here says the same thing. They're coming after us. They're they want to make us a spectacle. A spectacle, okay? Verse 34, For you had compassion on me and my chains, and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. And where? Where? In heaven. In heaven. Quit trying to plant roots here on earth, guys. It's all going to burn. Our treasure should be in heaven, not here. Therefore, do not, it says, verse 35, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Guys, we got a promise. We got inheritance. We got a promise. We got a great reward. In this passage of scriptures, the author speaks of persecution. And to be quite quite honest, saints to be quite honest with you, here in America, more, most of us know very little about persecution. Very little about persecution. Oh, I lost my job today. I'm being persecuted. That's not persecution. Oh, sure, we read books. Uh, we, we watch documentaries. And, and, and you know what? And for the most part, most of us have never really faced persecution. But can I let you in on a little secret? It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Not to frighten you, but to wake us up. Persecution is coming. In fact, Jesus taught many times of persecution. The question, saints, I ask is this. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? Are we ready for it? But you know what, too many times we look at the persecution in a negative aspect. Oh yeah, it can be negative, but there's positive aspects to it as well, that many of us do not consider. We tend to dwell on the negative, but please come with me to the book of Matthew, okay? Matthew 5, 10 through 12, hear Christ speaking to his disciples. And we're going to see another beautiful aspect, if we can say that, of persecution, and he says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward. In heaven, for, those, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Another aspect of saints, we see that persecution is recorded all throughout the history of the church. And what persecution does, guys? It reveals the imposters of the of the faith, and it reveals the true believers. And in what in every case in history of the church, when a church was persecuted, that church grew stronger and stronger. My kids kind of look at me when I tell them, "Yeah, I pray for persecution." What? You know what? Yeah, man, it's coming. It's coming. Saints, we're living in blessed days. We are, man. We, we, you know, Joseph says, we're living in the most blessed time in history. Whew. If you're a true believer in Jesus Christ. Again, the question, the question, guys, I have is this Are you ready? Mike, are you ready when they come to take your Bible? When that word of God is against the law? Are you ready? Are you ready when they're going to put chains on those doors, saints? Are you ready? Because it's coming. It's coming. Let's, let's, let's not think that it's not. Okay? A calling, a life faithful through persecution. Now, praise God, we come to calling number five. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 10, 37 through 39. A life that faithfully reflects the hope and joy that we have. Does your life reflect that joy and hope? During this week? During this election? Or have you been distracted by the politics, the policies, the politicians? Jesus got this, okay? Jesus got this. Okay, Hebrews 10 37 through 39, it says this. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by what? By works? By faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of our souls. To the saving of our souls. Now let me read to you that in the New Living Translation. And it says it this way, For in just a little while, the coming one, the coming one, I like that, will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Guy, this was going on in this world today. It's right here. But where's your focus at? Is it here? Or is it there? Because these things have to come to pass. They have to come to pass. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, as the music team comes up, Here and we see that these verses they speak of a great promise that awaits us. And that promise, Saints, is what? Is the return of our king. The return of our king. I remember when my children were small, and I would I would teach them and, and tell them, hey, Jesus is coming back. When dad? When is he coming back? He's coming soon. He's coming soon. Year after year. Year up dad. This year, maybe, maybe, praise the Lord. Year after year, now they're grown. And they themselves see what's going on. Let me tell you guys, if you're not awake to what's going on, I pray that you wake up because Christ is so near. He is so near. 20 years ago, I'm like, Lord, when are you coming back? Well, some read here when when these things have to happen. The beginning of sorrow. That's happening today. That's happening today. Are we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? Now come with me to 2 Peter. Verses 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 8 through 9. And Peter here is speaking to the church and says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing. Let the Lord... Uh, with the Lord, one day is, is a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There's family members in your family that do not know Jesus Christ. What are we doing about it? God is waiting for those to come. He's waiting for the ambassadors to go and preach the gospel. Mike may go out and preach the gospel to this one brother. And you know what? That was the very last one that we needed. and We're gone. We're gone. Amen. You know, saints, I believe God is preparing the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen. You guys see that? Do you sense that? The question is, are we ready for it? Are we living in the presence of God? Are we? Are we so wrapped up into these temporal issues, temporal things, uh, you know, that we we have lost our eternal focus? I squandered so many years of my life and now God's like, man, I'm coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, Lord. Yes. Then go preach the gospel. Then go share my love with others. Then Are you ready? You know, as we partake of communion, there's a tray here and one back there. Please feel free at this time to come and get it, and I'll just share this. I pray that we reflect on what this message is imparted into our hearts and minds. Are we living a life of righteousness? Are we faithful to the body of Christ? Are we faithful ambassadors of Jesus Christ? Are we going to be faithful through persecution? Are we faithfully reflecting the love and joy and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ? Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise you. We thank you for the privilege, my God, of being called your children. Help us to reflect your love, your mercy and your love all around the world, my King. For those that come in contact with us, help us to reflect that. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. You have a great plan, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to trust you in this plan. Help us not to go home and and be so saturated in fear that that we we don't know how this thing's going to turn out. (laughs) That's a distraction. Help us to focus on the eternal. Help us to focus on the family that that are, are lost. And help us to share the word of God with them. We do thank you, Father, also for the elements, for the cup of this bread that represents the body of Christ that was brutally beaten for us. We also thank you for this cup of juice that represents the blood of Christ that was shed to save us, my God. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. I pray, Father, that you would, I would pray that you would convict our hearts into action, that we would live out as faithful ambassadors of you, my God. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you all. Have a blessed week. Please, if you need prayer, I'll be up here in front, please. For those of you watching, if you do not have Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, I pray, wake up, look around, see what's going on. All that is written in the Word of God. I would pray that you would come and, and seek the nearest Christian church in your area and you would talk to someone there. Talk to someone there. Don't let this day or don't let this week go by without seeking Christ. Thank you. God bless you all. Have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church, and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.